Mums Unhinged acknowledge the Gubby Gubby people as the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We recognise their continuing connection to the land, waterways and community. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome back to Mums Unhinged. Today we are chatting about the concept of a tacky Christmas and making mum friends plus no doubt some unhinged shit. So microwave that coffee, kick back and get ready to laugh because this is Mums Unhinged. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Nina. Hi, Emma. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm just really excited for this expo that we're doing together. Me too. So it's PBC, which is for pregnancy and baby. I can't wait to see all the pregnant mums and... I think I'll get clucky, honestly. It's just such an exciting time, you know, when you're about to have a baby, especially if it's your first baby. I wondered how many um, mums would be bringing their mums. I'd definitely take my mum or my sister and then could have like a boy's um, afternoon. I'm I'm sure he'd rather do that. My mum would be there for sure. She's going to be at this one in Brisbane with me working. She's flying up to help me in the Angus the Label stall. Yeah. I know I'm really excited that's so nice I'm just a bit nervous about doing my tea sampling like the logistics yeah is pretty pretty full-on I imagine you'll just have to prep it all and then just wait for the onslaught like when you're at a wedding and everyone just like goes for the waiter with the champagne (laughs) I think it's gonna be like that to be honest so what I'm gonna be bloody exhausted I remember when I used to work in retail and Fuck me, my legs at the end of the day were just shattered. So get ready. But I'm really looking forward to it as well because like it's like PBC and then Christmas is around the corner. So like I feel the excitement in the air. Yeah, me too. Yeah, talking about Christmas, have you heard about Tacky Christmas? Like all over that as in (laughs) I'm ready. Like no beige. And you're no beige described. As a sad little beige mum. What? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Whatever could we'll you say mean? what I'm wearing. I actually beige. do have I do have some decor today. I've got Heath's handprint on my boob from I don't even know what it is, but it must be grease that he put on me this morning, maybe after eating toast. Still sexy. I know, so sexy. <laughs> but um I'm all over tacky Christmas this year, and I have to admit, as much as I like to say that it's a child-led decor style for my children to bring the magic for them. I've totally got an ulterior motive. Um, so Heath's in, a, well, Heath's in a stage where he takes anything and everything and goes outside and sticks it down the stormwater drain. And we <laughs> tend to set up the Christmas tree just outside on the deck. So I know he's going to be taking decorations off and he's too little to tell to stop. So I know that the decorations are going to end up in the stormwater drain. And I don't want my beautiful clay Australian gum leaves and all my nice decor down the stormwater drain. So if we just do tacky or child-led decor, as I'm going to call it, uh, it means that the ugly baubles will be in the stormwater drain, not my stuff. Are you doing tinsel? Like how tacky are you going? Look, I'm not going to be buying anything. We'll use what we have. Um, and I'll just let the kids choose from what we've got. I'm pretty sure I've got like a really nice red bushy tinsel somewhere. 
But like, remember that yeah. stringy stuff, the really like small. <laughs> yeah, I do because that reminds straggly. me of my grandparents' yeah. house when they did Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is like, I I love that. That reminds me of like when all of us, there used to be like 40 of us all together doing Christmas and yeah. Yeah, it was just a uh, home alone was on in the background. Like it, it just makes me feel really warm Aww, and fuzzy. That's nice. I love those things. You know, just saying when you were just saying about Christmas at your grandparents, I have the funniest memory of Christmas at my grandma's house, and we had all the tables lined up on her tiles, um, and <laughs> we were sitting in like lawn chairs, plastic lawn chairs, because she didn't have enough chairs for all of us. And dad had come to the pub with me the night before because it's a bit of a tradition in our town to go out um, Christmas Eve. And dad had come down and he, so he was pretty hungover from trying to keep up with us. And I was just sitting there eating away and I hear this bang. And I turn next to me, I turn and dad's nowhere to be seen because he's on the ground. The lawn chair legs had like splayed out and snapped. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped on the ground and we're all laughing and he was like, oh, come on I could have been really hurt you know it's oh, so bless him. well I'm from yeah England and I lived in a little village and everyone would go to the like the village pub and then maybe midnight mass see it sounds so cute when you say it the village pub for us it's just like yobbos drunk like <laughs> down at the commercial you know <laughs> I yeah when I do go back home now and I see my village pub and my little church I'm like oh it is just so quaint it's so lovely it is it's, it's really nice actually um the pubs that I've been to in the UK I, I was blown away I thought they were so beautiful they're so much yeah, nicer than ours and the food is incredible like yeah so that's good. amazing yeah and yeah. all the dogs walking around it was really nice but and a nice like real fire. Oh, it's heaven. Yes. We had a bit of that in Melbourne, like the actual open fireplace, but you couldn't you couldn't find a pub like that in Queensland, no matter how hard you look. Yeah. I swear. Just the weather, mate, isn't it? Yeah. So what are you doing for Christmas? Are you going tacky? Child-led daycare? Um, no way. Like my husband's a designer <laughs> and absolutely no way are we allowed anything tacky in our house. Really? Like he gets a nosebleed at the sight of anything tacky. It's all minimal <laughs> and <laughs> so a he's lot of beige. worse than me. Yeah. He's worse than most women. Oh my God. So what's yeah, your definitely. theme? What's oh, the theme? Oh, be a bit of gold you know, lovely, like koala baubles. Everything's very like minimal, respectful, okay. like new tones. Yeah, so there won't be much color. He's me for the last 10 years. He's a sad beige mum doing the beige Australiana aesthetic. He's a sad beige dad. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm like... The tacky mum. Yeah, I do like a bit then. of tacky. Uh, I've always liked a tacky Christmas. Like I yeah. like my tree to have these horrible, ghastly, multicolored lights on them. I'm all up for it. That flash every 10 seconds. I like chocolates on the tree. Yeah. You name it. Chocolates yeah. on the because, trees. You know See, I do the, they, um, the candy canes because you can just tuck them onto the branch. But what chocolates do you use? 
Okay, so I think this is an English thing because they obviously melt here. So in mm. England, you get a real tree, you get it from the market and then you carry it home. Well, I did anyway. And yeah. then you would put like Cadbury chocolates on the tree. And what me and my brother used to do is that we used to like unwrap them and then eat them <laughs> and then put it back on the tree. And like yeah. no one would notice. And I used to do that all the time, especially with like an advent calendar. But I think oh. it's just because of the weather. Like, yeah you know, Australia doesn't do it. But honestly, chocolates, chocolates on the tree was oh, one of the highlights of Christmas. Well, you might do it down south, but up here it won't work at all. Like we always growing up had a real tree. Mum would take us to the Christmas tree farm. We would drive out in the trailer. We would drive around for as long as it took to find the perfect tree, saw it down, oh. which actually always made me feel really sad that we were cutting down the tree. That's the extent of my tree hugging. But anyway, we'd get home, set it up, and it was amazing. And it would last until sort of the new year when we would take it down. But I've tried that a few years up in Queensland, and I think they send them up from down south. By the time they get here, they're on their last legs. So it just doesn't work. So we finally gave in and got an artificial tree, but we got like a really nice bushy one. So it it looks legit, but... I was like really stubborn with Ben and I was like, we're getting a real tree when we lived in Sydney. And then like within a week, it just looked crap. And I was like, this Mm. isn't actually very sustainable anyway. Let's just get a tree that we can put up the same tree every year. It's far more sustainable. And it's, you know, it looks pretty decent. Yeah. It's I think it's just one of those things you got to accept when you're not down south, right near the Christmas tree farm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I have really like beautiful memories of doing like picking a tree with my family. But look, there's amazing memories I have of decorating the tree that I get to spend, you know, get to share with my little boys as well. But yeah, tacky Christmas for for me, always a winner. Will I be allowed? Probably not. Maybe you can just sneak in some tack when he's out of the house. <laughs> Maybe I'll, oh, I know what, I've got a little Christmas tree that I got in Sydney and I'm going to put it in the hallway and then me and Hunter, my four-year-old, are going to decorate it and we're going to go all out tack. Oh, cute. That'll be nice. You can bring in some tacky traditions and just like, I don't know, hide them from them. I'm all about it. I think it's just win-win. Plus I've got lots of family up this year, which I'm so excited about. So we just want to make everything, I don't know, really fun and really relaxed. A big part of me is just very relieved to relinquish a little bit of control, you know, (laughs) just whatever goes. I'm I'm looking forward to that. And I've seen it trend, like I've seen it on TikTok. I've seen it on Instagram. Like a lot of mums are just reliving like happier times it is a bit shit at the moment for a lot of people so Mm. yeah if they if going tacky makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside then go for it and maybe they do need new decorations and it's tinsel is a lot bloody cheaper than spending hundreds of dollars you keep bringing up tinsel (laughs) (laughs) you love tinsel my my mum hates tinsel and every time she'd go around the in-laws, she'd be like, oh, that bloody tinsel. Not oh, my God. My You're, like, rebelling. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to wear, like, Christmas earrings and a Christmas brooch. Maybe you should you know wear the tacky Christmas stuff. 
I will. But do you know what I noticed in Kmart? Like all these tacky jumpers. Have you seen them? No, but I'm all here. I'm very much here for an ugly Christmas jumper. Yeah, but like it's so hot here. Who's going to wear them? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not always hot back home down south, but you could get like a Christmas rashy too. Yeah, I'm all like up Christmas for like a Christmas t-shirt, but these were thick jumpers and there wasn't just five. There was like a massive section. Yeah. Kmart, they need to like think about that. Come on. Do you know, this is, I mean, so I was in Minnesota maybe seven years ago, just before Christmas and went and bought yeah. like, I think I was at TK Maxx or something looking at the Christmas sweaters and they have like a lot of other religion holiday sweaters as well. And there's one that stuck with me that I wish I bought, but I didn't because I'm not Jewish, but it said, come on baby light my menorah on it. And then had the, um, what's the, is it a menorah, right? With the candles on it. And I thought that was hilarious. I don't know. I just feel like we need to have more of that humor in our life. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah, in England, I'd always wear like a thick Christmas jumper with something naughty on it. Absolutely. I'll try yeah. and get one. To, let's do, let's try and find a t shirt because we live in Queensland. It's bloody hot. Uh, Christmas tacky t shirt, me and you, and we'll do some stories. Yes. All right, guys, this is what we need from you. Find us the tackiest, funniest t shirts and send them to us because we're on the hunt. We're bringing back tack. Bring and back show me tack. Your tinsel. <laughs> show me your tinsel do you know what nina making new friends as a mum was something that i didn't really anticipate while i was pregnant but it has been one of the most unexpected blessings about becoming a mum yeah i agree i have made so many friends since becoming a mum And I feel like I've definitely grown as a person. It's made me way more confident. And yeah, I've just learned how to not have so many like barriers and just try and be as approachable as I can be. And it's made me a lot more empathetic. So if I see someone who's looking a bit down or something like that, like with their baby or at the park, I do like to approach people and, you know, not be like in their face, like, you know, trying too hard but just yeah just being like a listener that's what you think um, (laughs) (laughs) I am no but my husband would say that about me and I think that like living in a a big city like London it can make you like I remember when I moved to Sydney people would come up to me and I'd be like really standoffish like what the fuck why are people like saying hello to me because that's just not what you do in London like you just don't do that so it's definitely since becoming a mum it's definitely made me um just break down those walls and be yeah just a lot more smiling oh the barriers um, barriers come crashing down don't they I feel like yeah 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 you know when you're a little bit hungover and you spill the beans I feel like that's motherhood you're like perpetually tired and there's no, you've got no energy left to keep a filter. So everything just comes spilling out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are, how much support you have or how little support you have. It can be at sometimes really shit, like the sleep deprivation, the toddler tantrums, like we're all going to go through it sometime. Um, and I just feel like as mums, most mums I know, 
we are in it together and we're such a support network. It's incredible. Yeah. I have to admit, since becoming a mum, I look back on how I was as a friend to my friends or my sister who had a baby before me and I was clueless. And I was so incredibly unhelpful, but now I really try to pay it forward. I took my niece to the pub, not like at night, it was during the afternoon, but I mean, can you imagine that's your support network, your sister who takes your baby to the pub? Like, I really wish I had known then what I know now. I mean, my sister actually just says it was really nice that she had five minutes to take a shower by herself. But I wish I had known how to be a good friend, like taking a meal around. Or I wish I could have listened to my friends the way I know how to now. But I guess that's the that's sort of like the the, the club of motherhood. You're either, you either understand it intimately or you don't. And I guess unless you've lived with a baby before, um, you, you don't necessarily know it. So God, thank God for the mums that are there for us. My sister was, well, she is six years older than me. So oh, I was like that, still that annoying little sister when she had her children. Uh, and I was like happy to hold them, but then happily like give them back. And yeah. like, I just thought like really like, you know, presents, you know, it was like toys and outfits, but probably my sister could have done with a few meals and maybe like yeah. for me to look after them as she went to the spa or something like that, had a little spa day or just had a shower on her own. Um, yeah. But I think unless you work in like that sort of space, like you're a doula or um, a midwife or I don't know, a nurse, whatever, I think that that is just what happens. Like you have no awareness or limited awareness until you've been through it yourself. Oh, none. Thank goodness. Honestly, thank goodness for the mums that you meet. You know, I actually had, we got a message on our Mums Unhinged Instagram the other day from a listener who said that she made a new friend with her neighbour when her baby was going through a major sleep regression and she was just at her wit's end, which... I know you know what that feels like. You're at a point where you just, you're almost hysterical yourself. You just don't know what else to do. You're so sleep deprived. But she knew that her neighbor's baby was just a little bit older than hers. So she just went next door one day and said, can you please help me? And the mom came and helped her. And they're now great friends. I just, I love that. It warms the cockles of my heart, honestly, because I feel like no one looks after a mom the way another mom can, because another mom knows all of the complicated feelings that you're feeling. Yeah, that's beautiful. I agree. When I had Hunter my first, I was the first like mum of our group. So no one like knew what to do with me. They were like, oh, cute, a baby. And then they still <laughs> invited me to like bottomless brunches on the weekend when I went and I shouldn't have really. Like I was, I don't know, I was just trying to be someone else, I guess, or keep up yeah. with them. It was hard because I didn't really have a mum's group either because of COVID and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, anyway, but it's been nice still that when they've they've become mums now and they've all approached me like, oh, I'm like, I'm so sorry you went through that with breastfeeding or that sleep regression. And I can give them the support and the knowledge. And oh, I don't even know if you say it's it's knowledge, but my experience of it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and what helped me. And I'm happy, like, even though I've paid for like sleep 
experts. Like I'm happy to give them all the information that I paid for because mm. you know, sharing's caring and it's all just it's all just goes round in one big circle, really, doesn't it? We all help each other out. Oh, absolutely. And you joined a yeah. mother's group with Miles though, right? Yeah. So I moved from Sydney to Sunshine Coast mm. and then I yeah, joined a mum's group like I had because I had a home birth with Miles. So I had a mum's group there that mm-hmm. were just incredible. And then I joined one that was more like through the council. Um, actually, really amazing women in that one. But I just yeah. loved like we all connected straight away yeah. with the little dear who took it her name was Anning and yeah. she was so cute like just so like some of the stuff you know I'm quite like into holistic health so some of the stuff mm. she'd say I'd be like I don't agree with that but I'm not gonna say anything because you're really sweet and you don't mean yeah. any harm um yeah um but yeah she was just a beautiful woman, very nurturing. And we that's how we all connected straight away. Like we, after the session, we would talk for like 30 minutes outside the door, just laughing about her or, you know, being yeah. like, oh, she's so cute. Um, but it's quite different to the mum's group I joined with Hunter. Like <sighs> she wasn't a sweet woman. Oh, no. really? No. Was she a midwife? Like, yeah, but a very like, school midwife like very Mm. strict like the first like I'm very fortunate I didn't have any birth trauma with my first um Mm -hmm. had a great birth but I'm never gonna walk into a room be like hey guys I had a great birth what about you like I just don't (laughs) think you should talk about that unless it naturally comes up and I would never mention it and you know people tell me and I think you know I love hearing and being support for them um but I'm never going to bring it up and the first bloody question she asked was 30 of us in a circle was like let's talk about your birth and I thought, wow fucking hell. Fucking yeah. hell. like don't go there and just very old school weird like tips on breastfeeding and yeah I just remember like Hunter would never attach himself properly to my boob and would just scream the whole time and all the other mums who hardly knew me were so supportive and were just like trying to console me and then she would just she just wouldn't know what to do she just had no like no compassion yeah that's a weird one that's like a real trust fall of questions like you're in a group of strangers I mean I don't know about you but I was um really nervous at my first mother's group because I was nervous I was looking after a new baby I was incredibly hormonal because most babies most mums join a mother's group and start when their baby is a couple of months old Angus was five weeks old so I was still hormonally sweating like I used to sweat through all of my clothing. And so I was really nervous. I couldn't breastfeed very well, again, with latching issues. So I was sitting there super uncomfortable, sweating. And I just, I mean, I can't even remember what my point was, but I just remember being so socially anxious, um, trying to keep it together to look after my baby properly, to speak with people and have back and forth that the whole situation was incredibly overwhelming for me. And I think what was now, your nurse like? What was she? Was, was it a nurse or a midwife? I actually can't remember. I think she was a midwife. She was quite quirky. Um, 
very well-intentioned and really lovely and definitely the most comfortable person being herself in the room than what all of us new mums were. We were all a little bit awkward, Um, but the majority of us are really good friends still. Um, And so, you know, after we had, after we'd known each other for a few months, we were, you know, talking about that initial meeting (laughs) and what we felt like in the moment. And most of us felt really awkward or uncomfortable. Um, You know, so I guess it's just one of those things that everyone's sort of experiencing brand new motherhood together, experiencing breastfeeding or breastfeeding that's not working out. I remember one of the girls saying, I remember one of the girls uh, taking her baby to change her on the change table in the in the parents' room throughout it, and not one of us would do that now. It would be like poo in front of everyone, changing the nappy in front of everyone. So it was all very polite. I reckon everyone who turns up to a mum's group is so nervous. Like we must all feel the same because I felt like that too. Uh, I mean, I made a real dick of myself too. Like as one of my besties said to me the other day, she texted me out of the blue and texted me, remember when you took your husband to mother's group and then told everyone that he helps you throughout the night? And I was like, yes, I remember that. But it was called parents group. So I thought, hey, this must be like a modern new world. Maybe people do take their partners. And so I made Eddie come and he was hating it. I said, if there's no other guys there, you can leave. And of course there was no other guys there. So he left, but I, I really, I completely missed the memo with that one. Like I got that one way wrong, but. The one in Sydney, I had um, a husband and wife who attended every session and they loved it. And he was really like, he was all into it. He was, Mm. um, he listened, he um, told his story and it was actually really nice seeing them together. But it's something my husband, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't really do our choice. But with my home birth group, they had like a dad's evening, which is great. So they cooked Mm. like a barbecue together. And I thought that's, that's great for dads to bond like that. And, you it know, is. men love a barbecue. I know, right? It's like they just stand around looking at it. Same as like if you lift up the bonnet on your car, they'll just look in it. I don't, yeah. I'm sure none yeah. of them know what they're looking at, but they're looking in it. But, I mean, the guys from our group get to know each other more now. But, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like the guys are going through a whole new fatherhood as well, so it's good for them. But, yeah, the, the women from Mother's Group, we have – a friendship forged through fire, as we say, because, you know, that's who you've got. That's who understands. When you're learning everything about this tiny human brand new, they're the people who are there for you. What was quite nice with Miles's mum's group was um, three of us were um, like second-time parents. So we had two and that like juggle of going from one to two is was huge for us as a family so it was really nice to have that like oh just that connection and to go through that journey together because it's a big leap well, do you know what anyway? if you ever have another baby and you're ever in another mother's group it is your duty to pass that information on because after I had Heath the couple of girls from my mother's group that were on their second baby, I was like, you made it look so easy. This is so incredibly hard. Going from one to two was so much harder than going from zero to one. I I, I, I had a difficult time. I mean, our living circumstances at the time made it more challenging as well, but they made it look so effortless. I mean, I knew that they were tired, of course, but they're mums. I didn't know all the additional challenges that come with having two 
under two or two small children in general. So you're going to have to tell people, just lay it on them, give it to them straight. Yeah. I feel like it was amazing at first, you know, it was amazing all the time. It's a wrong word. Um, It was fairly calm to begin with having, you know, the two boys. Mm. Um, And then like after a few weeks, Ben and I were just like, oh my God, I am so overwhelmed. Like, oh, we haven't got enough hands, you know, it's just like crazy. And then Hunter, our four-year-old, actually reverted backwards in his like behavior and would become a little bit babyish, like Mm. was toilet trained, but had a few accidents um, and would, yeah, the tantrums would start again. And I was like, this, like Hunter, mate, you are... You're, you're being, I thought to myself, like, you're being more like hard work than Miles is. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was another one. He, Hunter, like, sleeps through the night. And then five weeks into Miles being born, Hunter would just come into our bed again. Yeah, right. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, mm. mate, we have, we've, we've sorted this sleep situation out with you after... <laughs> a lot of trying and we finally oh got there what is going on because I can't deal with you mate and then also Miles you know being a baby so we had to do very very gentle parenting again and over a few weeks he went back to sleeping throughout the night but yeah, it was a very you... testing time because you have to open Ben and I are really like we want to be into we want to be into we are into gentle parenting we want to be very supportive and I didn't want to tell him off mm. um but at the same time inside you're just like what the fuck <laughs> this is I really mean, really fucking hard I guess it's a huge gift for everybody including your other kids thankfully when exactly. we went thankfully when we had Heath my stepkids were really chill. Um, they were like, they were all over it. They were used to being um, the older kids now because they already had Angus as a little brother. So they're all over it. They love it. Thankfully. Yeah, that's good. Thankfully. Well, I think for Hunter, sorry, but I think for Hunter though, being three, like he was the center of our universe. Like everything was about him. Um, and then when Miles came along, that's a big adjustment for Hunter. So Huge. we just empathize with him as much as possible. But yeah, if you've got older kids, then they're yeah. going to be a little bit cooler with it, I think. Well, I think sometimes I forget that they are still children and I'll be like, can you believe this guy? And then I'm like, oh, hang on, you're still a child as well. I should How old are you, not, not talk to you like a friend. Um, nearly 12 and nearly 10. Oh, Okay. Yeah, 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 nice. So um, we have a really funny story from one of our favorite followers. She's also a friend of mine. I won't name names. Um, <laughs> shall I read it out now, the message that she sent? Yes, I want to hear it so much. Okay, so she's like briefly mentioned it to me before, but I was like, just leave me a voice note because... I want to know the finer details. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of like a background, my friend, um, she she's moved from somewhere else as well. So this whole like area in Sunshine Coast is all new to her. Um, and she's very, I say she's confident and she likes to make friends. She's very approachable. So she says, At the time, she didn't have many mum friends. She was like new to the area. So she approached a mum at the park who looked a bit lonely, like on her own. And they chatted. She thought everything was going very well. And then um, 
my friend gave the mum her phone number saying like, look, if you're ever wanting to go for a coffee, if you're ever looking for like a bit of company, here's my number, let's go for a coffee. Like, I think that's totally fine, don't you? I would love that if a mum did that to me. And in fact, I do do that and have other mums do that to me in our local area all the time. I love it. Yeah, I think that's perfectly normal. I think it's nice. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then my friend saw her like the next day and they made small talk, but okay. a little bit standoffish, but you know, maybe she had a you know, shit night, who knows? So she thought nothing of it. Anyway, on the weekend, my friend was with her husband and saw the mum and her husband at the park and completely ignored her. Like completely the girl ignored your friend? Yeah. Completely oh my ignored her. Like no eye contact, no, like she would wave at her and <laughs> no wave back. Like so weird, so odd, right? And I mean... My friend was just like, he knew that you come on too strong as a mum. Oh, I feel for her. She's just trying to be nice and make friends. And I love that about our community. Like I say, I I literally approached a mum at the park the other day. We were talking about, because the boys were throwing like tree nuts down the slide or something. And so we were chit-chatting about that and talking about you know, using the mud kitchen and doing craft and how I'm always really into it and she's really into it, but the kids don't care at all. And then as I was leaving, I was like, this is a bit weird, but can I get your number? And then I sort of got a bit of like, oh no, maybe it's strange to ask someone this. Like maybe that is coming on too strong, but we've texted back and forth since. And thankfully she was like, you know, happy about it. But living in a small community like ours, I would have thought that that was a nice thing to do. It's not like I'm going to go around to your house every day, but if I happen to be going down to the park on a weekday um, and I'm by myself, I'll definitely extend the olive branch because if you're a mum, for example, who's at home most days with your kids, after a few days, you're desperate to actually chat to another mum. I think. So desperate. So desperate. I mean, I send like DMs to people I haven't really met before saying, if you want to go for a coffee, let's go for a coffee. Like fellow mums. So I, I yeah. don't care. I don't care who you are. Like I, I'm just, I'm the same with everyone. So let's go for a yeah. coffee. And if, what's the worst? I, I feel like if you're a bit nervous mums about approaching someone at the park, like say you live in a small town or something, or even a big, like a big city you can be really lonely then too. Just go mm. for it. And like, if they reject you, that's, that's their loss, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel I feel for your friend who's like getting ghosted in public by this person that she met at the park. I mean, I would I would be, I mean, because I know the friend you're talking about, she's so outgoing, she's so bubbly. I would, if I were her, I would be a little bit stung, to be honest. Like, what have I done? Just trying I to be I nice. suppose you've got to make you've got to make yourself quite vulnerable, haven't you? Like for me, I'd yeah. shake it off and be like, whatever, it's their loss. But for someone who maybe went out their comfort zone and did mm. that and then got, you know, <laughs> told to like go away pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, that would knock your confidence. It's kind of like dating, right? If you yeah. haven't dated for ages and then you're like, oh my God, I'm going to ask him out. I've got the guts to do it. And then they just like say, uh -uh, you're, that's going to really knock you. But even worse, like fully getting ignored in public. Oh, poor girl. Yeah, poor girl. Yeah, so any other um, embarrassing 
making mum friend stories, please share with us because <laughs> we want to laugh at you. <laughs> Just kidding. No, because we can empathize with you. Thanks so much for joining us today for episode three of Mums on Hinge. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok and whatever platform you're listening to. Plus share with your other mum friends. See you again in two weeks.